Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a really strong chance the best player on your fantasy football roster is on a bye this week. He's not available. Bills, Vikings, Eagles, Rams all have departed our lives for week seven. We do get the Lions, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Titans back. Fantastic. Today, we're going to go through running back, wide receiver, and quarterback tiers. This is an early look. Be sure to tune in on Friday when we have even more injury news. And you can always check out the full rankings list, especially if you don't know the names to the player faces that we're about to show on tiers. Uh, Down in the description below, get a lot of heat for that every single week. I'm a limited limited person when it comes to graphics uh photoshop is not my passion let's put it that way but there's always other sections available and more importantly hayden no one has more charts than the link down below nobody will ever have more charts most importantly the sickos charts here's your defensive matchups this is what the people stay for you're already showing the sickos chart to everyone Well, not everyone stays the entire episode we gotta we gotta get them in early (laughs) okay let's dive into it we'll start with the running back position per Hayden's request, we're actually going to buzz through the first 10 names. So if you want more of those details, you can obviously tune into the Friday show or just yell at him on mm-hmm. Twitter as well. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. These guys are in your starting lineup. Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, CMC, Leonard Fournette, and Josh Jacobs yeah. round out the top five. Josh Jacobs going against the Houston Texans, one of the top five rushing matchups every single week through the NFL through six weeks of the season. And yep. he's just dominating touches for a passing offense that's been a little bit less than expected, I think is the easier way of putting it. 100% right now, Josh Jacobs over the last month of the season, first in half PPR points per game, first in fantasy usage as well. Right now, the Raiders are projected for a ton, a ton of points this week. So I'm gonna you're, you're going to see some aggressive rankings uh, with Hunter Renfro as well. Yes, you are. A little foreshadowing. Rounding out the top 10, Alvin Kamara. Hopefully we get Jonathan Taylor back and a conversation can be had about how that might be changing the offense when he does return to the lineup that we saw last week against the Jaguars. Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, and there's Joe Mixon as the running back 10. Okay, let's get into it. Running back 11 straightforward too. It's Brees Hall. Running back 12 is kind of shocking to me. Um, it's Nick Chubb who's been fantastic this year. Now, Browns are six and a half point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm assuming that factors into the ranking here because as we saw last week, it can be difficult for the Browns to get the running game going when they are just getting smashed and uh, let's say game planned against in their passing game uh, because then teams just know how to stop this one Solely focused, I guess, offensive attack is the better way of putting it. Yeah, he's a very difficult ranking, and there's just a lot of good running backs, I think, right now. Um, none of them like completely separated, but like Ramon- now you have like Ramondre Stevenson with the backfield by himself, uh, Jonathan Taylor potentially back, Alvin Kamara in a great spot tonight. We, we know Derrick Henry, all of a sudden, Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs are back in our lives, so it's just really hard to rank him. Maybe I should put him ahead of 
like Brees Hall, perhaps, but like Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Chubb, like what's what's truly the difference? Right. Uh, so the top 12, I think, not a cliff per se, but there's obvious names there. Let's then jump to running back 13. DeAndre Swift is here on your rankings in comparison to Jamal Williams, who's actually at running back 30. Both of these backs so far this season in points per game and total scoring, whatever you want to look at, are, are top 10 at the position. There's a drastic difference, 17 spots in their rankings. So I guess mainly give us a top-down view of how you are taking the Lions backfield right now yeah. coming out of a bye, and then both of these guys and their styles and how they're getting points so far this season. Clearly a tough matchup. The Cowboys defense uh, is shredding. The Lions are on the road. They're only projected for 21 points, which is like fewer mm. points than like the Titans, the Jaguars, some of these other teams. Uh, so a little bit below average. And when DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were falling out of their mind, they were averaging, what, like 30 points per game. I'm not expecting that to continue, especially in this matchup. DeAndre Swift was really reliant on the big plays. Jamal Williams was really reliant on vulturing those touchdowns after DeAndre Swift was tired for running for 50-yard plays. I'm not sure if either one of those are that sustainable. So uh, DeAndre Swift, right now I have him like on the RB1-2 border in full PPR leagues, bump him up a spot. And then also we have Amonra uh, St. Brown's back. TJ Hawkinson's fully healthy. Uh, we'll see if we get DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds back in the lineup. But this is a little more, more target competition in a, in a team that's not projected to score as many points this week as they were early in the season. We'll get to the Cowboys running backs in a second, but they are favored by seven points in this game. So in like a pure negative game script situation, that definitely lines up, as you said, for DeAndre Swift to catch these passes where it's his best trait. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's breaking tackles in the open field and reeling off these big time plays. Um, and then hopefully he falls down at the one or two yard line and Jamal Williams, who owns 100 percent of the carries inside the five for this team, gets home. So that's how both of them can be top 20 scoring running backs like we've seen in multiple weeks so far this season. Can you pull up the Nick Chubb uh, higher lower just, just oh, to yeah, see yeah. If, if we have that available? I just want to like, compare it to like the DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift is like 13.6. I'm sure Nick Chubb Oops. is going to be uh, what around 15. Yeah, okay. 15 so There's a little bit of a tier-ish break. We're in, the, we're in the right ballpark. You're in the right ballpark. That's the better way of putting it. Okay. Kenneth Walker up next. Another rookie in Damian Pierce right after him. Um, then we have Aaron Jones. How are we even dealing with this Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Packers offense situation? Because they are favored by four and a half on the road against the Washington Commanders. I'm sure it's like ripping your toenails out trying to rank any of these Packers not named Alan Lazard. Do you see a trend here? Because I'm just guessing like, <laughs> like AJ, it just sprinkled everywhere. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? The bottom line is the Packers offense has not been as good as it was previously. They're not getting goal line touches right now. The Packers, I think, are 31st in inside the five yard line opportunities to their running backs. And they have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. They're just not getting down there. So I, I don't know what to do with them. They're, the Packers team total is like at 23. It's like middle of the pack. I don't know, man. I put them closer together than I did the previous week. Uh, I think that he had a good point with Aaron Jones, maybe not playing as many passing downs and getting as many receptions as we're used to because he's had some pass protection issues. But at the same time, AJ Dillon hasn't looked very good in his own right. So it's just a, it's just kind of a, a bad medium offense. My stupid theory that Christian Watson means a lot for Aaron Jones's rushing production because of the motion that he brings out there pre-snap. Uh, it came to fruition last week, and then I don't think Christian Watson's yet on the practice field once again this week. I don't know. They just haven't evolved the two-back stuff from week one. Like, it worked a lot then, and it hasn't worked at all since, and they're just not running it as much since. So it uh, 
kind of sucks all around. Yeah. Just real quick, Aaron Jones, the RB 22 in fantasy usage over the last month. Um, and AJ Dillon is the RB 32. So okay. I have him close to that. Rest of this tier, 17 through 20. Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, and, yes. As we said, a awesome matchup against the Detroit Lions. They are favored by seven points. A major factor in Ezekiel Elliott not hitting to the degree like he has in his past is just the lack of touchdowns this team scores offensively. Uh, it's a total of 49, and they are favored by seven, which means the Cowboys are going to score a lot of touchdowns. Now, Hayden, my question to you, this is not a pass funnel team. This is not a run funnel defense, you know? Um, so we just have to hope that if you start Ezekiel Elliott, he is the one getting the scores, and it's not necessarily Michael Gallup or CeeDee mm -hmm. Lamb or Dak running it in or Tony Pollard in a big play because all of those names could hit, all of them. Yeah, they're they're projected now currently with the, the most points on the week. He needs wow. touchdowns, but they're expected to score the most points this week, and right that. now Lions 31st against fantasy running backs. Uh, they just put a, a starting defense tackle on injured reserve, so – all the Ezekiel Elliott stuff, I think, will get better. I'm buying low on him. Call me a psychopath. I don't really care. Um, I think he can score a touchdown this week, and that's all, kind of all you need to have PPR. You know, Benjamin, as of now, is running back 18. Who knows if James Conner's playing? I don't know if he's gotten technically ruled out, but he might need a shot into his ribs in order to play here. Right. Um, shocked that they're projected for so many points. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites tonight on Thursday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints after putting up three offensive points last week against the Seattle Seahawks, yeah. who are in the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, uh, no Rodney Hudson, no Justin Pugh is the big thing oh. that's just really tough. I, I Go back tonight, watch this. A couple snaps per game, watch the interior offensive line and the right tackle. It's not good. The left tackle is playing all right, but the rest of the line is 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 no good. Rounding out the top 20, it's Najee Harris and Raheem Mostert. Okay. I do want to dive into running back 21. It is Jeff Wilson, San Francisco 49ers, facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Awful week last week. Mm -hmm. Fumbles. Then they just are working in negative game script the entire time. So, facing the Kansas City Chiefs, thinking about that Atlanta Falcons matchup, some people might say, well, it's going to be very similar game script, right? They're just going to be behind on the scoreboard chasing points. That means Jimmy's going to be throwing a lot. Vegas isn't so sure. Hayden, mm -hmm. home, just two and a half point underdogs. That's drastically different. Maybe Vegas knows that some of these guys like Nick Bosa are going to be back, some of the defensive linemen too. But if it's a neutral game script, Jeff Wilson's going to be much more involved than he was last week. Yeah, season low, 4.2 expected half PPR points last week. Tevin Coleman's getting involved. TDP's always in the back of my mind, but I think that he still is their best back, and it just really just comes down to game scripts. If they get game scripted out, they'll pass the ball. I posted it in the column. The 49ers are passing the ball more often with Jimmy G compared, compared to Trey Lance, and the sample size big enough to reach that conclusion. Um, so Jeff Wilson, we're in this 21 to 30 range, no floor. But there's no floor with any of these backs. So just really just like who has the best chance of scoring a touchdown. And I put him at the top of the list. How are you heading in the David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert yeah. dynamic here? Because you have David Montgomery as running back 22. You have Khalil Herbert as running back 33. It's been a pretty clear approach so far this season. But based on coach speak, that might flip right. on his head. If you can even buy into the coach speak that Matt Eberflus is saying right now. So I'm, I'm, partially buying into it because Khalil Herbert has been so good. He's actually first in rushing yards over expected according to next gen stats. Now, David Montgomery is still above average in his own right 
in that same metric, but Herbert has some juice. I think David Montgomery is going to remain the starter. No questions about that. Uh, I, th- I think Khalil Herbert, instead of this being a two for one, this could be more like two for one and a half. I think it would be like 60, 40 split, uh, 65, 35 split. Um, could we'll it be see. one for one? It could be, that would be worst case scenario for David Montgomery. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe there's like Damian Harris from under Stevenson from last year. Hmm. Okay. After that, it's Clyde Edwards Lair against the San Francisco 49ers. And that's a 49ers defense that we don't exactly know what to expect because it's yeah. all based on health. Like yep. I could see the Chiefs offensive line just bullying the backups for the 49ers like the Falcons did last week. But if they're back to full strength, I mean, again, your matchup with CEH basically depends on the injury report on the 49ers defensive end when they were missing eight of 11 starters last week. Then Kareem Hunt and A.J. Dillon. I want to talk to you about these Jaguars running backs. Yep. They're too damn low. You didn't too low. They're too low. Running back, what, 26? Running back, 27 for Travis Etienne and James Robinson. They're facing the New York Giants defense this week, who were awful against the run last week. I know that Lamar Jackson brings an element that, you know, Trevor Lawrence doesn't to the table, but that defense could not stop power, either from the quarterback or the running back, to save their lives with pulling offensive linemen, all that stuff. I think Travis Etienne... The Jaguars have been using him very well on the outside and to the edge, and he's purely not a negative game script back. They are working him in the offense immediately to create explosives. And I know James Robinson hasn't created those explosives since weeks one and weeks two, but if we're talking in between the tackles here on some of those runs, it might be a surprising James Robinson week too. Yeah, I keep going back and forth over the last month. Uh, James Robinson, RB27 usage, Travis Etienne, RB30. That gap has closed. Uh, Travis Etienne's uh, broken tackle metrics, as expected, are higher than James Robinson. It's the way that they use those backs. It's easier to break a tackle out on space. But I am concerned that James Robinson just fatigue coming off that serious injury. I'm worried about him long term. Um, Yeah, it really just comes down to the game script. James Robinson clearly needs it positive. Travis Etienne will do better in negative game scripts. The Jaguars have like a middle of the pack. Uh, rushing expectation so we're kind of in this territory where like, i want to ra- raise them high. like who would you who would you want me to move my head of like cream hunt well C-H. cream hunt has done nothing this season yeah he's he's been very weird but this is negative game script tough so it was last week yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it, it's pretty shocking when you look at records and all of that stuff and what the jaguars have done over these last three weeks that they're still three-point favorites over the giants and i think it's because of you know some of the advantages that they have uh, in terms of the positives of their roster might be negatives for the Giants end. Mm-hmm. Um, Etienne's been really fun. Yep. Really fun to watch over these last couple of weeks. Big one, running back 28 is Kenyon Drake. Talking about how he looked last week against the Giants. The Ravens have a truly another ideal matchup this week. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the Cleveland run defense has been abysmal. And I know it might be weird to jump to conclusions after just one week, but I would be shocked if Kenyon Drake doesn't lead in snaps and touches out of this backfield. Mm -hmm. uh, Even though JK Dobbins is back on the roster and back into the active lineups. Brown's dead last and rushing EPA. They're 30th against fantasy running backs. I'm with you. We, we, we showed the clips. We thought that Kenyon Drake had some bursts. JK Dobbins. I I don't believe practice on Wednesday, clearly battling through his knee. I don't think he looks right. Uh, so I think it'll be Kenyon Drake. They gave him a bunch of touches uh, last week. He would be like my pick him up and then start him play yep. of the week. 
Uh, if you're dealing with, with some of the, and I think if JK Dobbins gets ruled out officially, I think I will be moving him up even higher than this ranking. So uh, pretty optimistic with Kenyon Drake. I thought he looked a little bit better than expected. And most importantly, in the second half, once JK Dobbins left the game right here, do you see another running back name? Cause I don't, it's all nope. Kenyon Drake. Nope. I'm really into the Kenyon Drake experience right now. And that can only hurt me moving yes. forward. Okay. The rest of this tier is Brian Robinson and Jamal Williams. Final grouping I want to talk about here is how you're handling the Broncos backfield for this week. Um, they face the New York Jets, who have had a really good defensive line over these last few weeks. It makes sense that this game has such a small total when you also consider uh, how good the Denver defense has been against the pass and against the run. But at the same time, um, how Zach Wilson and the advanced metrics has performed against pressure and then who just the Denver offense is at this point. Long story short. Melvin Gordon was benched outright for Latavius Murray last week, who you have as the running back 36. Melvin Gordon yeah. is a running back 31. Then we heard Nathaniel Hackett say that Melvin Gordon is still a starter. Good luck trying to rank this ahead of time, but you had to. Yep. The Broncos opened up a uh, team total at 25 and a half. And then currently as it sits, their team totals like 19 and three quarters. I wonder if they are starting to think that Russell Wilson's not going to play or play through this hamstring injury. And that would be a deterrent. I'm not sure what to do here. Do you think I have this too high? If I'm not moving Melvin Gordon up, it's only moving him down from this ranking. I'm trusting that they're calling him the starter and they're going to give him the first crack at it. But like we mentioned, Latavius Murray can do a good Melvin Gordon impression. He's big mad. Everyone's big mad in, in Denver. So Tony Pollard, I guess maybe you can put ahead of him. Khalil Herbert. I don't know what about the Falcons backs, man. Let's we, we can go to the Falcons backs. This is one of the ugliest charts I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> too much going on right here. Avery Williams gets the first crack at it. Now we're rotating backs and this offense. I love the Falcons offense. They're still projected for not that many points. So it's like, what am I Correct. supposed to do here? Correct. Well, they're successful in what they're doing. And it's almost like the the Ravens backfield in some situations where you don't know who is going to be scoring a bunch of points, but the added running threat of the quarterback is how they create their explosives, you know? So I don't think we can expect anything from Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier, that's more than like three to four to five yard gains over and over again. But as the defense kind of like sucks into those, then you see it every week and you go back and watch yeah. the Falcons. Marcus Mariota is the one who's then mm -hmm. creating the explosive plays. So yeah. any given week, he probably has the most upside rushing than all the other running backs on the team too. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any part of the Falcons run game. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for the running backs. Let's jump to the wide receivers here. We know you're starting this top 10. Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, did move Tyreek Hill up with the news that Tua Tunga-Vailoa is back. We'll talk about Tua a bit later on. CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, and Chris Godwin. Can you talk to me about Chris Godwin's just ranking oh, yes. over Mike Evans, who was at wide receiver nine versus, you know, wide receiver six? Yeah, I'm going to get really aggressive with uh, Chris Godwin moving forward. Last week, 91% route, season high, 17.8 expected half PPR points. When you watch the... the um, Tom Brady right now it seems like he's going to Chris Godwin a ton I thought that Chris Godwin made a bunch of plays underneath high pointing passes I think that he's going to be big time factor and right now I'm expecting the Buccaneers to go back to the pass first game plan after struggling last week so I'm just really optimistic with Chris Godwin uh, th this group is really tiered up together I just wanted to bring this up 
the, there is no e- eruption spot Ooh. passing game this week. You know, all the good quarterbacks are on by, and we're kind of just getting in this jumbled mess of like who's good and who's not good. So um, just betting on talent with Chris Godwin right now. DK Metcalf, Amon Ross St. Brown, Mike Evans, and Michael Pittman round out the top 10 wide receivers. Uh, then just after that is T. Higgins at wide receiver 11. What's your view on the current status of T. Higgins? Because it feels like he's not 100%. But he's mm-hmm. playing a bunch of snaps, yet a not 100% T. Higgins isn't quite getting there in a passing game that's struggling a little bit. But how they're not struggling is now running a bit more RPOs. And if they need something, they're almost manufacturing touches to Jamar Chase and not necessarily T. Higgins. Does that all make yeah. sense to you? Yes, he was limited on Wednesday. I'm hoping that he gets a full practice in and I'll keep him at this ranking. If it's limited all week, I'll probably drop him down a couple spots. We talked about it the last time. Right now, the, the Bengals offense had a huge, huge change to their offense. All shotgun, probably a lot of quick-hitting passes yep. out of empty, like like he had at LSU, season-high 74% neutral pass rate. The matchup against the Falcons is clean, as we know. So I, I want to be as optimistic as I can on all Bengals pass catchers. Mike Williams ran into Patrick Sertan last yep. week. Uh, you also have Keenan Allen ranked immediately after him. Uh, hopefully and get- I've edited this. So. Oh. Yeah, we, we had Keenan Allen, like he had a quote uh, talking about because right now I think the Chargers have a bye their next week. They said, I might just wait another week and get fully healthy. So I have Mike Williams up ahead. Josh Palmer right now, concussion protocol. He's questionable um, as well. Seattle's 30th and passing EPA al- allowed. It could be a big Mike Williams. We right now the Chargers project for the second most points. Wow. Against the Seattle Seahawks secondary. Did a great job against the Cardinals last week. Uh, but Mike Williams and Justin Herbert are different animals. Okay. I do like this like Tariq Woolen kid. The dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Special. Of course. But Patrick Sertan, people always make fun of like, oh, wide receivers and quarterback matchups. That is the one that we should be focusing on every single week right now. Yeah. Because it's not just him. It's like they got. They got pressure up front. They got got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Got a bunch of stuff. And that's it. For the record, that's Garrett Wilson uh, or Elijah Moore. If he, you know, wants to play and Corey Davis on the outside against the, the Patrick Sertan. Yep. Okay. Jalen Waddell, uh, who was hobbled last week with the shoulder towards the end, uh, did have a brutal fumble to really lose that game last week. Amari Cooper. And then maybe people will be shocked by this ranking. Around wide receiver 15 or 16, you have Alan Lazard. Um, nothing, as we outlined, is really working for the Packers passing attack, but you and I remain steadfast that to a degree, Allen Robinson isn't a problem. He's certainly not Devontae Adams, but he is the one every single week in that offense that I can trust to have some level of consistency. He's, over the last month, the wide receiver 16 and the wide receiver 24 usage. I think that he's going to continue to be an efficient player. Uh, four straight games with over 8.8 expected half PPR points. That's a baked-in floor for him just because I don't think they have to fully trust Romeo. Uh, no Randall Cobb. Um, so that means like Robert Tanyan's playing more. So Alan Lazard just been playing well right now against man coverage. He's the wide receiver three overall in yards per game, just against that type of coverage on 10.1 yards per target. We've showed the clips previously. I have them on Twitter. These go balls, man, down the sideline. He's really pulling a large chunk of them in. And I just think it's a chemistry thing with Alan Lazard. Uh, right now. A 54 and a half higher or lower against the Washington Commanders who are in shambles at the moment, especially in their defensive back group. So that is something to monitor for me. 
with uh, Al Nazard on Underdog Fantasy. If you have never played Pickham before, what are you doing? He's hit that in two of the last three weeks, 76 yards and a touchdown against the Jets, and then 116 yards against the New England Patriots. Um, if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, JT O'Sullivan did an awesome breakdown of like the simplicity and execution of Aaron Rodgers in the passing game. Yeah. Um, it's a really good look, and I think it's a both sides thing. It covers very well. So can you go back to that the 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 Almazard card? Of course. Look at look at that earned targets column nine eight eight doing a <laughs> hell of a job earning those targets. All right, I feel like hopefully more and more people are getting the inside joke of that every single week, but but maybe not. Okay, the rest of this in terms of wide receiver eighteen through twenty, it's Chris Olave, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton. I missed Kirshen Kirk in there as well. Um, should we move on? DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is a big. Big ranking. Let's um, talk about it. I mean, it's I'm not in football. I move him up to wide receiver 17. We'll be quick. Saints right now 29th against fantasy wide receivers. They've lost a lot of pieces in the offseason. Marshawn Lattimore has missed time. He's out again. Um, right now, the Saints uh run defense is elite. They're second in rushing EPA allowed. You got a little bit of a pass funnel going on here. Uh obviously no Marquise Brown. I think Robbie Anderson's gonna play like 10, 15 snaps. He'll rotate with AJ Green on the perimeter. Rondo Rondell Moore will be in the slot. And then DeAndre Hopkins will be the X receiver. Let's see if he has some juice. In theory, he should be fresher than everybody else. So I'm going with a uh, upside wide receiver two ranking, and we'll adjust from here. We'll see how if he looks all right, if he looks cooked. We'll watch the game. Towards the end of last season, he was cooked. Like he was injured, he was hobbled. But with how Marquise Brown was being utilized this season, it should be a one for one replacement. You know, Marquise Brown's speed, his verticality wasn't the calling card this season it was you know those quick stops those 15 yard comebacks along the sideline and then actually winning contested and like using his long frame like deandre hopkins is that and so much of it was along the left wide receiver spot and that's exactly where deandre hopkins is going to fill in so they are different body types they have different skill sets but at least for how cliff and kyler were utilizing marquise brown this year if healthy DeAndre Hopkins should immediately step into the exact same workload. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, I mean, if he can do Marquise Brown numbers, that'd be huge. He was right now wide receiver three on wide receiver seven fantasy usage over the last month. So next up, Brandon Cooks, then Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, Juju, this is some confidence in you, Hayden. Look from at the wide names after him, it's, like, it's tough to, to rank these guys. To go from that. And I, I actually think Juju's. Um, ranking also hinges on the 49ers injury report too, you 100%. know, because if they get a bunch of these and obviously the, the 49ers are missing a ton of cornerbacks and had one Emmanuel Mosley go to injured reserve, but like he kind of got home last week on broken place, you know, yeah, like sure. the awful tackling where three Buffalo bills hit each other. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen anything special from juju where i have seen that from drake london i have seen that from deontay i have seen that from rashad bateman i have seen that from brandon Ayuk. you know what i'm saying um but obviously they're favored by two and a half with a total of 48 and a half which is one of the higher totals of the weekend yeah at the end of the day it's 91 percent routes for patrick mahomes so what do you want me to do <laughs> since we skipped over Devonte adams at the number one wide receiver i am stunned to see you with Hunter Renfro as the wide receiver 27. This is someone who scored a ton of points last season and was drafted based on that because he was seeing a ton of slot receptions and slot targets. And most notably was a go-to player for them 
inside of the red zone um, and inside the 10 yard line. He's basically getting none of that final opportunity this season. And mm-hmm. so that to me, on top of just the overall downward spiral of the passing attack other than Devontae Adams is the key for him to even come close to last season's production. Last year without Darren Waller, who I'm projecting out, did not practice hamstring injury. It's been bothering him this entire year. Uh, in eight games, he averaged 12.1 expected half PPR points, actually had 13.3. It's been a brutal season for him individually. But as a reminder right now, the Raiders are projected for a ton of points over uh, top five actually this week. So if Darren Waller's out, the ball has got to be going somewhere. And I think that I would be rolling the dice on him. And then Mac Hollins becomes at least somebody that you can throw in there. If you're like really screwed. It kind of looks like Mac Jones is going to be playing here on Monday night football. Mm-hmm. He was bouncing around at practice. So talk to me of the differences in the rankings of Jacoby Myers at wide receiver 29 compared to, I don't know, the wide receiver 55 and the wide receivers 56 of Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers playing in one wide receiver sets last week at times, so I'm going with him ahead. He's been earning more targets as well. Devontae Parker missed a a little bit of time last week. Tyquan Thornton's mixing in there. I don't feel great about any of them, to be honest. Because last time we saw Mac Jones... He was throwing down the field over and over and over again to Devontae Parker. I think some of those targets will now go to Tyquan Thornton, too. I mean, purely based on pass attempt percentage, he is the most aggressive passer in the NFL right now. Mac Jones is in terms of 20 plus yard passing attempts, which is nuts. Mm -hmm. Pretty nuts. Um, And he's going to be the starter when healthy. That has already been confirmed. Okay, let's just like pick and choose some names here. Like how are you handling the Washington commanders wide receiver groups from the Carson Wentz to now Taylor Heineke handoff? It's not going to be fun. Like it just (laughs) on your rankings, you have Curtis Samuel wide receiver 31, uh, Terry McLaurin wide receiver 32. And it sounds like Jahan Dotson might be dealing with an injury in camp today in practice today. And he's even in the wide receiver of fifties through sixties. Yeah, so Taylor Heineke throws the ball over the middle more than Carson Wentz, but the deep ball is just not there. He just like doesn't have the arm strength, so that he hurts. Tries. He thinks more. he does. I know, but he also he also scrambles, you know, yes. and that's not good. You don't get any, uh, you can't earn any targets when your uh, quarterback is scrambling. So I, I'm not very optimistic here right now. The Commanders are projected for 18 and a quarter points, one of the lowest of the week. Throw in the Packers defense, which has underperformed, but mostly on the ground. Their passing EPA. Uh, on defense is still top 10. Same thing with their wide receiver production. So uh, last note in this game, pace commanders, 32nd in the league Packers 28th. We're work, We're working against play volume in general. All the Terry McLaurin production last year, uh, there were highlight real plays because they were forced to because of Taylor Heineke. And I don't know if that's like as sticky of production year over year, even though like there were some big plays down the field, there were some contested grabs. That's just tough to ask your wide receiver to do each and every time. Yeah, very tough. And then Curtis Samuel and Carson Wentz had great chemistry. We're obviously we never saw that last year. Uh, did want to mention before we got out of here with wide receivers, Wandale Robinson as wide receiver 49. A lot of yeah. people picked him up. Um, the New York Giants this week are facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who last week could not stop anything over the middle of the field. And what we saw in week his first time out there, basically, Wandale Robinson doing some of his best work in 15 snaps mm-hmm. over the middle of the field on those intermediate crossing routes. 
Yeah, only 35% routes. I'm expecting that to go up. Not to 100, though. I'm My fear is that he's going to be a slot-only player in that. Yeah. We talked about that a ton. Um, it's hard to score touchdowns, uh, though he did have one last week. So I think he's going to be a fun player. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm keeping expectations in check. Okay, we'll close out with quarterback tiers. We've talked a lot about these offenses already. Once again, I did my best to guess the tiers for Hayden. S tier, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes against San Francisco, and Joe Burrow against the Atlanta Falcons defense. Is it just those four in the top grouping? Well done. Yeah, this is it. yeah, this is just in summary, uh, a bunch of these quarterbacks are right here. Um, the next tier is like Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. I'm just like mm, trying to figure out those Dak, offenses. You had Dak Prescott pretty low. We'll you had him we'll after Derek Carr, after mm-hmm. Tom Brady, after Kyler Murray, and after Tua Tunga Vailoa. Yeah, do you think I'm wrong here? But I keep going back. The thing back in my head is the Russell Wilson coming back those first couple of games with a very similar injury is like, dude, what are we doing here? So yeah. they're projected to score so many points. I, I may have to tinker this and move him up a little bit, but man, I don't know. I, I think it would be different if the Lions' pass defense was by far and away their worst part. It's actually their entire defense that's brutal. So, like, this is one of those games where the Cowboys could get there in the running game and, you know, keep Dak Prescott, I don't know, 23 passing attempts um, to, like, as you said, bring him back slowly here. But I could also see them, like, scoring touchdowns through the air as well. I mean, that's an obvious mm-hmm. statement to make. Jeffrey Okuda, maybe they, but if CD Lamb's going to play more in the slot, he's not going to be bracketed. I don't think he's getting bracketed. No. So, like, maybe it's Michael Gallup getting bracketed with Jeff Okuda in the safety. Like, who knows? Yeah. It, it It's a weird thing where we know all the points are going to be scored. We just don't know who this is going to be scoring the points for the Cowboys this week. It, I can't justify ranking Dak top five and then where I have Zeke Elliott. You know, that's, like, I have true. Zeke higher than most people, maybe Dak a little bit lower. I'm not sure. I'm going to follow the news. I, I think last uh, on, on Wednesday – they had him on a snap count. He only can only throw 40 passes, which tells me yeah. that there's still some side effects with this. I don't know, man. I'm I'm struggling here. Um, anything you want to say about Derek Carr, Tom Brady, or Tua, who was in the tier above this? I'm I'm excited to get Tua back. I don't think I'm the only one saying that. Um, everything was in such a good flow, especially to the intermediate portion. And while you know they've manufactured more things it's felt like to Tyreek Hill closer line of scrimmage, we get back the cool Mike McDaniel stuff yeah. that is scripted that can actually create explosives rather than just relying on the individual talents of those two wide receivers. Yeah, it just comes down. If you're to the right side of this, you're a good fantasy quarterback plus Kyler because he can scramble. The rest of these guys are like all the mm-hmm. same, not very good. So I think there's like a pretty big quarterback tier. And I moved to a into that good tier instead of the bad one. Okay. Um, last one. And I know that this is pretty far down, but he might be starting for people because, you know, they're without some of the top quarterbacks in the league. I'm a bit terrified of this Jared Goff ranking at the end of tier B. Because um, what do we always say about Goff? If he gets pressured, it's going to go south. Mm-hmm. And the Dallas Cowboys defensive line and how Darren Quinn is scheming him up in terms of pressures and all that type of stuff. I know the Lions offensive line is fantastic, but we just saw right before the bye week they got the clamps put on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that was with some injuries to really some important skill position players, but that game 
is going to be won or lost along the Lions defensive line and how they handle, you know, Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and everyone else that because the Cowboys are also really good and and ball hawks in the secondary too. Yeah, the only I'm terrified of of the defense, of course, um, and the team total is not that great either. The only positive is both teams are top six in neutral pace. So you could just get play volume to kind of mask some of these things. Um, but like, it's like a good debate, like Jared Goff at what, just under 21 points, uh, projected on the team or like Jimmy Garoppolo for 23 at home against the chiefs. Like, may, like, would you make that adjustment? But now all of a sudden now I bet if I ranked uh, Jimmy G as my quarterback 14, you would be like, Hey, 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 what's going no, on? No, I wouldn't. You, you know, oh. me and JG, you know, me and JG. I mean, yeah, Jared, Daniel Jones. I mean, this is like the quarterback tiers. It's, it's the teams that are projected, like the Ryan Tandle, another one. They're projected for more points, Ugh. but they they play slower. They don't pass as much. Like Matt Ryan, like do I and put the, him the, higher? Yeah. The, the funny thing about Matt Ryan is what he did last week, when they get no huddle and he throws it towards the middle of the field, and the Titans are awful in their secondary and giving right. up a whole bunch of points there. Yet if Jonathan Taylor plays this week, they almost certainly won't play in that same exact manner, even close to it. Yeah. I hope you drafted early quarterbacks. We only said it for sixteen months in a row. <laughs> Okay, that's going to do it. Um, tune in on Friday show. We have so much fun on Friday show for the 20 players, our 20 guys that define week seven. Uh, all of the injury news will be in the books. Share the sickos chart once again, Hayden. So for the people out there, uh, all the injury news will be updated at that time. It's almost breaking as we do it. So it's a really fun show if you've never checked it out. And tomorrow morning, we should have the newest episode of Scheme posted as well, which Let's is go. basically the ultimate guide to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Can't wait for you all to watch it. Be sure to leave a thumbs up. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. And my challenge to all 400 of you watching right now, to David, to Steven, to Ravi, to Ant, Scampers, Grab this link to the channel, text it to one of your friends and say, are you watching these guys? It's the best content on, on YouTube. You got to do it. Did you see the comments that they refuse to do it because the content's too good? They don't want to give their league events. Here's, That's shameful. What that you do, is shameful. Send them the Josh McCown video. It's not fantasy related. Send them that stuff. Go send the Maddie Brown film videos. Don't do the film one or the fantasy one. Send them a film one. Come on. You selfish people. Just trying to feed my future family here. It's only free. Yeah, our content's only free. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Hayden, Josh, up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. <laughs>